Good morning, everybody. It is great to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for being here today, as well as those joining online. As we kind of conclude our December series, I hope you've enjoyed us trying to really take advantage of all our days in this month by concentrating on the one another's of Scripture. Now, we love to walk through books of the Bible here at Renew Bible, but every once in a while, we like to stop for a series and take a macro approach to Scripture and find something that, that we can use to really teach our church. And, and this is one of those things where we found in all these Ian where Paul was writing to Ephesians, Philippians, Thessalonians, we're finding out how the church is to behave with one another. And so that's the phrase we've been looking for, that we've been thinking, how can we leverage each day to better love one another? We invited a lot of people into our church last weekend, and there were people that some just didn't know Christ at all, some were coming with their families, and uh, it was such a neat opportunity for us to share that, hey, have you ever noticed that a lot of churches are messed up? And they're like, yeah, right? Why? Because there's imperfect people in here. But our goal isn't to be perfect people. Our goal is to be together with our Savior. And one of the reasons we're all together here today is we all love Jesus or we're interested in this Jesus. And he's brought us all together, just like there's somebody in your family who probably brings your whole family together at this time of year. And so how can we make the spiritual father of the Ians, Paul's joy complete this Christmas season? By being like-minded, by thinking about one another. And unfortunately, the church does such a poor job sometimes loving one another that we don't look any different than any environment in the world. But this past weekend, the message did speak, and we had visitors visiting from multiple places, including somebody who came from another country, and they would watch, people watch us online, stuff like, but they were visiting family, and they were looking at the one another's, and they were evaluating how Christ taught his church to behave through the Apostle Paul told his family he wanted to work on forgiveness. He then told his family the next day he wanted to be forgiven. He accepted Jesus Christ as a savior after the Christmas Eve services and now as a child of God. Amen. And those are things that we hear by sharing the word of God, by living it out. And so Renew Bible, continue to invite your friends, continue to invite your family members, continue to pray for you have no idea how God wants to use something to lead to someone's day of change coming. And so we're here in the new year and everybody's like, all right, it's gonna be a better me in 2024, okay? Like I like to come up with phrases like I had renew comes to you in 2022, okay? And all these different things. I've got all sorts of journal notes you don't want inside my mind. It's messed up big time. But I, I got like never before in 24. So um, I, I just think I'm gonna encounter things that I've never encountered before in 2024. And that's already come true and it's still 23. But I'm looking at this year ahead and I'm going, where do I want to grow? Where do I want to be different? What do I want to put aside and what do I want to 
embrace. And every year I kind of put goals together and um, I don't write them pen to paper. I put them in my phone and I develop them and, and, I, and I do different things and, and I have different aspects. In fact, it's funny, every once in a while I'll look back at my other goals and uh, for whatever reason, I look back in 2014 and, um, and one of my goals for that year was to hire John Adams part-time. So if you know our executive pastor, John Adams, my goal in 24 was to hire him part-time. We did pretty good with that, but... Um, we see these goals and you look at them and the different things I was working through back then, I get to see the goodness of God. I also get to see things in my life that are trending over the years. Man, Chris, you've been wanting to change that now since 2011. That's the power of writing down your goals. Don't just allow the Instagram society of, you gotta have goals to, to numb you and make you go, oh, just stop pushing me. There is power to making goals, not only goals, but spiritual goals. But they'll say a goal is just a wish without a plan. Did you know, did you know there's some stats regarding goals? There's some stats. I want to read them to you. Um, just to get you, just, just get you wound up here in the, in the beginnings of this message here, okay? You are 10% more likely to accomplish a goal that you think about. Some of you are like, oh, that's sweet, cool. I was thinking about making a goal. Okay, if you make that in your head, you're 10% more likely to do it. You're like, I can live here, okay, I can live here. Okay, okay, you are 25% more likely to accomplish that goal this year if you decide to do it. I don't wanna push anybody, I know. <sighs> okay, I might decide to do one, okay. You are 40% more likely when you decide when you will do it by. Now we're getting serious. You are 50% when you've moved past the idea, past deciding to do it, past when you're gonna accomplish it, and then how. You're now 50% more likely when you get to the how. And when you write these things down, you start to work towards the how, and you are 65% more likely when, what do you, what do you think? When you commit it to another person, hey, I'm gonna do this. Would you, would you hold me to that? You're 65% more likely. Who would like to have 95% success? Set an appointment with an accountability partner on a specific date this year that you will meet with them and show them the goal. That is where you really start to take off. And so here's the thing. How many of you are sick of physical goals? Oh, don't even start. You have no idea what I ate, what I'm planning on eating tonight. <laughs> How many of you are sick of do this goal, financial, this, this? You have all these worldly goals that are thrown at us, right? We're Americans. We get goals every day. All we have to do is hit on on our phone. Have you ever set spiritual goals? Because, because physical training has value. Bible says but godliness has so much value, not only for now, but forever. How many of you have ever started the year by writing down, thinking through how you will spiritually grow? And the date you'd like to grow by, and how you'd like to do it, and who you'd like to ask to hold you accountable to it. 
Chris, this is a little too goal-driven for me. Okay, okay, okay. Teach us to number our days so that we might present to you a heart of wisdom. Number your days. Value each day. And so we have taken that and we've brought up an advent. And if we're following our spiritual father through all the churches, and Renew Bible's kind of jumping into that teaching as an application of how the church is to behave, how can we make, Apostle Paul says, make my joy complete. How do we make his joy complete? By finishing the puzzle. Jesus first. You have to have Jesus in your life. Others second. When we put Jesus first and others second, the pieces fit. And you last. That is how the church can make Paul's joy complete. And look at that picture. Isn't it a great picture? You're like, no, no, it's not. It it looks It looks like it's missing things. It's not perfect. I want a perfect picture. There's no perfect church. Do you know why? Because you attend it. There's no perfect church. You want to know why? Because I preach at it. There's no perfect church. And if you're on church today and you're coming here just because of a family member, I can tell you the church is messed up. We have problems. We get in arguments with each other. We sometimes allow our preferences to hurt relationships. We have different philosophies on how to raise children. We have different ways we educate. We have different ways and things we believe in to save for the future and prepare for it. We have different ways of expressing ourselves online as well as within the church. And we're all here together. Why? Because Jesus doesn't want religion. He wants relationship. And he wants to be together with you. And you understand that. And in that togetherness, it sometimes forces you into a room with other people who are very different than you. But may we get one thing straight, and that is our love for Jesus. And if we have that, let's make Jesus' joy complete by following, not the suggestions, the one another's are written in command form. May we love one another and fulfill the one another's. And so therefore, you have to know what they are. There's over 59, some say, in different translations. We broke it down to 30. And look how far we've gotten. We've gotten through love, consider, wait for, serve, greet. You really had to tell the church to greet one another? Go to a church that's not greeting one another and tell me how you feel. Welcome one another. You really had to tell them? Uh, Be kind to one another, really? It's as if Paul assumes we're not going to get along. He assumes we're going to have conflict. He assumes there's going to be selfishness. He assumes it. So he says, this is what you can do to not only have an enjoyable experience when you come together, but show the world how different you are. And so we're on our last week, so we got to open up some boxes today. Let's open up box 25 and see where we're going. Box 25, please. Humility with one, have humility with one another. Okay, open the box. Let's read it. I'm excited. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God is opposed to the proud but shows favor to the humble. God is opposed to the proud. When I speak to teen audiences, sometimes I act this out. 
And I'll say, okay, you guys are the others and I'm gonna be God and they all laugh because I'm not even close, okay? But uh, this is what it looks like for God to be opposed to you. You're looking at me, I'm gonna be opposed to you. God is opposed to the proud, but when you show humility, he shows favor to those who have humility. The, the idea almost carries about an about face, that God is turning his attention towards something. In fact, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, seeking to show himself strong to those who are loyal to him. But pride, here's some conflict dynamics. Whenever you're in a conflict, take the side of humility, not the side of pride. Why? Because you want God on your side, don't you? God is opposed to the proud. He gives grace, so much grace to the humble. So all of you clothe yourselves with humility. All right, have a good day, guys. I'll see you. Have you ever read that and been like, clothe myself? Well, what does that even look like? Should I go out and get a humble shirt? Like, like Amazon, humble? How do I clothe myself with humility? Have you ever stopped and thought about some of these phrases? Let me, let me ask you this. Do you think Paul was intentional with that? I'm gonna go yes. He, he goes, let me think of an illustration I wanna use. Let me think, let me think. Um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna coach him to clothe themselves. They all get dressed. I'm gonna teach them to clothe themselves with humility, but that's abstract to me. I, I, I need to process that a little bit. How do I clothe myself with humility? Well, let me ask you this. All of you got a clothing closet at home, right? You've got a clothing closet. We got closets, right? H have you ever noticed this, or is this just me? You got all these clothes. We're Americans, so we have way too many clothes. I got all these clothes, but I'm going back to the same seven or eight all the time. It's ridiculous, too. Like, I've got all these pants, but I'm going to that pair, right? In fact, I've got them on, that pair. Like, there they are. Put them on. Sometimes I'll get done preaching, and I'll be later in the evening. My wife will say, you still going to leave your church clothes on? No, no, no. I'm in my most comfortable pants. I love these pants. And I just go back to them. How many of you got lots of shirts, but you wear the same three or four? And you got new shirts for Christmas. You literally open your drawers and you're like, no, nope, no. Nope. You've been moving that shirt over for the last four years. Nope, never wearing that, never wearing that, right? We've got all this stuff, some of you, and we won't tell on you, okay? But some of you have drawers that don't close. They don't close. Teenagers, you got drawers. <clears throat> they don't close. Some of you got closets like that. Where you're like, I'm thinking the handle's broke. I have to push it in and lift the handle, then stay shut. Some of you have cabinets and they're open. They can't close. Too many dishes. We just stuff our closets full of stuff. And every once in a while, you go through it. I'll tell you what, my wife had off this past week with school. And she went through our closets. And I don't think I own as much as I used to own. I've been noticing freedom in my life, though, as I look through, and at least I still got my same clothes, but we all have different clothes, and we have clothes that we go to. Why? Because often our style reflects our personality. Now, now many of you are very stylish. Renew Bible is a very stylish church. Some of you are going, I got no style, because that's okay. You're probably married to somebody or have friends with somebody who helped. No, no not even that. Okay. There are four types of personalities in style. We're gonna talk fashion this morning for just a second, okay? So, so all you fashion people, like lean in and don't overjudge me because I'm not Mr. Fashion, okay? I'm just, I'm just gonna give it a shot here. Okay, there's first personality is the classic casual. Classic, I'm currently in the classic casual. All right, yep, yep. 
And, and, and hey, I give a little pro tip to our interns. I said, hey, in, in ministry world or in business world, there's times in your life where you're wearing sneakers, you're wearing pants, but you want to quickly look dressed up. I'm going to give you a little pro tip. Take a blazer, okay? Take a blazer. Here's what you do. You put it in the trunk of your car, okay? You drive up. You check the situation. <laughs> yep, this is definitely a dress-up situation. You grab that blazer, and I go from looking like I could go to the mall to, man, Chris, you dressed up today. I know, Look at that. I could preach in that outfit. You see, it's a pro tip, and you can put in different colors. See, that's the, the casual classic, okay? All right, all right. Second, there's the relaxed kind of natural. These are the people that they can throw a pair of sweats on and somehow make it look good. They're just casual all the time. They, they, they go for comfort over anything. I mean, oh, that shirt felt so soft. I'm buying it, right? They tend to have gigantic hoodies. You know, they just love, love comfort. See, I love comfort. In fact, um, I, I, I got some of my most comfortable shoes on right now. I mean, I've, I've, I'm walking in. Oh, they are so amazingly comfortable. Do you love a pair of shoes that are comfortable? I love these things. And, 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 I, and I got them just recently with some Christmas money I had and we were out shopping and, and you think, man, he must have spent cash money on them shoes. And, and, and I, I did. I, I found them on the clearance rack at Marshalls and Home Goods. I saw $20 and I went, mine. And have you ever noticed when you get a pair of shoes for 20 bucks, you like them more? It's a steal. You end up telling people, thousands even, that you love these shoes, okay? Because you love that casual, relaxed feel, okay? Then there's, then there's, then there's, there's this. The romantic or dramatic dresser. They tend to put on pearls, floral. They, 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 can, they can kind of bring it. They can come with it. I'm not too much for that, but there's one area in my life where I really like kind of like to be a little bit bold, and, it, and it's my watch. I like, I like watches. I don't really love expensive watches. I'm fine with colds, but I like watches. In fact, my wife got me a new watch for Christmas, and it's huge, and, and, I, and I love it, and I need a huge watch because some of you watch me on the screen and can tell when my watch isn't working, and you tell me after church, so, so I need a watch that actually works. Okay, I found that out a couple weeks ago. So some of you, you like the, the big, dramatic, and then there's some of you who are expressive with your clothing, and, and, and you're kind of creative. You don't care what you're wearing. Young people, when you put your outfit on and mom goes, what are you wearing? You're like, that's a win for me. Because if mom thinks it cool, I'm not wearing it, right? So like you got, I got to be expressive. I got to be myself. And you come, you see these professional athletes, they get off the buses and walk into games. And you're like, what are you wearing? That was the goal. It's to be expressive and creative. Personalities come out like that. And, and I was teasing with myself a little bit, but, but I, I can think through different things like, okay, I'm going to, I'm a, I'm a hat guy because it really doesn't mess up my hair. So, um. Sometimes I'll, I'll pull out uh, uh, my gray hat if I want to match this outfit. I'll pull up my, my gray hat, and I, I'm, I'm matching, all right? I got that all together. Um, one of my favorite casual hats, this is one of my go-to-the-beach hat, walk along the Ocean City boardwalk hat. That one's going on, okay? Oh, you called me up for some golf. We got that hat. We're good. Let's go. We can do this one, too. And then you just turn around. It's all good like that. And then if I want to make a statement, I'm not much of an expressive, but if I want to wear a hat where I don't really care what you think, it's probably this one right here. 
I put this on, and I, I, I don't, but I don't really like to go to other cities to wear it, but I could. Some of you do. If I want to serve, if I want to serve and, and I want to go help out, I, I tend to put on hats like this to show my support, to show that I'm behind you. What's my point? What's my point? You are very intentional with your clothing. You are very intentional with your clothing. Some of our clothing, we wear it only because it hides things we don't like about ourselves. Some of our clothing we wear just to get someone's attention that we desire. Some of our clothing we wear, it's only because it was the easiest thing and you didn't feel like earning it. Some of the clothing we wear is for the purposes that we intended. We're intentional with our clothing. So Paul's going, where do I go to help them grow in their spiritual life? Where do I go? Okay, put on. You do this every morning. Put on humility. Okay, Paul, I'm following you. So there's gotta be intentionality. There's gotta be thought. Yeah, you're going somewhere today. How can you put on humility? You would have worn that outfit if you were knowing there. You know what you would have wore for different situations in your life. I want you to think about what you're doing today and I want you to put on humility. There's an intentionality to it and thanksgivers know this. So today, we're not here to talk about our worldly fits. We're here to set goals and they're spiritual goals because God is so much more interested in what's going on inside than he is on the outside. And I don't know about you, but I would rather pursue what my heavenly father wants over what this world wants. And so I need to learn how he wants me to dress. And you may find it's not about linens. It's not about cotton. It's about what's going on in your heart and in your mind. Who wants to grow spiritually in 2024? I know I might not be talking to the whole audience, but who wants to go, that's enough. It's time to start dressing the way my dad wants me to. Jesus, Lord, help us as we enter your word to be humble enough to receive it and to desire to change because of it. Lord, remove the room of distraction so that we might focus on you and may we leave differently because we chose this time to prioritize this sacred text and the wisdom that it holds from our heavenly father who loves us so. We pray this in Jesus' name and all Renew Bible said, amen. All right, let's talk, Paul. What do you got for us? He says, I want you to get into that closet of the old self and I wanna talk about what's going on in it. So our text today is Colossians. It's Colossians 3, verses 8 through 14. So let's remind ourselves where we're at in this text. Paul is talking to the church in Colossians, so it's the city of Coloss, right? We talked about where we see in Ian's, we find Paul, right? And he's talking to all these different churches, and we've been gathering these one another's. He says to the church in Coloss, hey, if you've then been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. I'm looking in 3.1, where he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your mind on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. Put your goals there. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. 
sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, on the account of the wrath of God is coming, account of these things. And he says, in these things you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must do something different. Hey, when you were living in this world, you had some shoes that you walked in, and you were walking in them shoes. But listen, it's time to stop walking in the same path you were walking in. And so with this context of putting on things, Paul says, I want to come into your closet and I want to get rid of some stuff that you might have been dealing with in 2023 or the past. What do you got? Well, let's look at the old self. I've got six outfits. I want you to put them away. Put them all away. Uh, okay, what, what? Let's, let, let's see, let's see here, okay? Um, anger, get rid of that. What? Anger, anger, the idea here is a smoldering attitude of hostility. Here's what anger does. Anger does not produce the righteousness of God. So if you wanna produce the righteousness of God, if you wanna live for the Lord in 24, it's not gonna be with anger. We gotta get rid of that hoodie. We got to get rid of that outfit. We can't allow ourselves to be dressed in anger. And then he goes, and also get rid of wrath. But the fit looks good. Yeah, but wrath don't look good on you. Wrath, emotional outbursts of anger. Wrath, Proverbs 29, 11 says, you know who gives full vent to their rage? Who? Fools. Fools give full vent to their rage but the wise bring calm in the end. Well, my children, when they were learning to drive, pulled out in front of somebody and pulled out really close in front of somebody. Dad didn't like how close he pulled out. And that person responded with massive horns, ah, right up on his tail, weaving back and forth to stress him out, high beaming him, obviously not realizing this was a first time driver, but furious. And I said, see bud, this is what you deal with on the road. There's a ton of hurt in the back of that car. And if you've got to express yourself like that, you're not in control. And so when you're dealing with someone who is emotionally out of control, you're not talking to wisdom, you're talking to folly, scripture says. For fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Children of God, people in the church are gonna do things at times where you're like, Aah! but a fool gives full vent to their rage. Put that away, but it's a nice fit, put it away. What's another one? Anger, wrath, malice harboring inner bitterness and resentment. Time to go. We're not gonna be able to grow spiritually if we're harboring anger and resentment towards one another. First John 2, 9, listen to John. He's so black and white. He says this, look, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Now, John is known for being this. It's either this or that. But we also know that the context of John, he speaks often of practicing such behavior. Listen, if you're practicing behavior, almost like you like being hateful towards someone, you're holding resentment and bitterness and you're refusing to let it go, I'm not sure the light's there. Because that's not what we dress like, children of God. 
That's got to go. But it's a nice, it's got to go. That can't be there if we're going to move forward. What else? Put away slander. What? Verbal attempts to defame and insult people got to go. What? But I mean, somebody's got to know what they're like. It's got to go. Talk to them or shh. But I want to talk to them. I want somebody else to talk to them. I want somebody, I'm going to tell everybody. It's got to go. Why? Because a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who speaks too much. You go, that's really in the Bible? It is. Watch yourself. It's got to go. We're not going to have unity in the church or with one another if we're slandering, unforgiving, malice-filled, angry people. Man, the church in Colossae must have had some conflict, right? Do you think Paul was intentional with his list for church? Oh, he was intentional. What else they got? What else? Obscene talk. Wow. Impure, hurtful speech. A foul mouth. I get to talk to teen audiences sometimes and I'll say, you know, have you ever noticed the pressure that there is to just speak with a foul mouth? I mean, everybody does, everybody texts, everybody, Christians, whatever. Did you know Matthew 12, 36 was the verse that got my attention in high school? My youth pastor read it and I was like, oh, really? It says this, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. I started thinking, I better, better tighten up my mouth a little bit. I don't want to have to give an account for careless words. Obscene talk. What else? What else? There's one more here. Um, oh, it's a one another. Okay, so open up box 26. Don't lie. All right, all right, one of the boxes, let's read the verse. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the, there's that put off, old self with its practices. No more lying. 2024, let's stop lying. Young people, sometimes you sit in church and you listen to the adults getting talked to and you think, someday when I grow up, maybe when I have kids, I'm gonna start following God. Let me, let me give you a challenge. You wanna be actually different? Stop lying. What, you, the freedom you are gonna find from not lying to your friends or to your parents or to a relationship you're in, the freedom you find, because lying produces guilt and shame. It's heavy. Oh, lying is exhaustingly heavy. And your heavenly father knows that. Remember, whenever God tells you to stop doing something, he's saying, don't hurt yourself anymore. Lying is draining. You're physically drained. You got to keep lying sometimes. You've got to hide things. You've got to go out of your way. Stop lying. Don't lie to one another. Now, now I look at that and I, and I see that we've got quite a closet here. Don't walk in this anymore. Stop walking in these things. Why? It, it, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, lying. Out. They got to go. Uh, okay, but again, um, I understand how to throw clothes out. I'm trying to process how this impacts me spiritually. Because think about the testimony of a child of God that is wearing those kind of clothes out. They look like this. They look prideful, lazy, rude, and selfish. 
How is that Jesus Christ? How is that different for the world? How is that allowing our light to shine when we're behaving the same way? But I don't know about you, but I'm deflated when I hear what not to do. I need, I need something to do. Anybody knows this. Alcoholics Anonymous knows this. You can't replace a habit or end a habit, excuse me, unless you replace it with a new habit. You've got to do something different. And the Apostle Paul, way out in front of that, knew that. He said, all right, I'm going to give you a new fit. Okay, what do we got? I want you to put on a new self. Okay, all right. That's what you put on when you came to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is a part of your life. You've given your life to him. You desire to follow his truth. Dress like it. Okay, all right, okay, I got it. Go out and buy some like Christian shirts. No, no, dress like a child of God, okay? Well, what should I do? Well, let's read the text, read the text. He says this here. And having put on, okay, these things, put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of the creator. As we put on our new self, we're doing it because we've learned something about our creator and what he wants from us. We learn something about who he is and what he desires. Because this is a place, Paul says, where there's no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, slave or free. We are children of God. And as children of God, put on then, as God's chosen ones, literally feel that. I don't know all your names, but it's as if Jesus is saying, Chris, come here. I want you to put this on. You've been chosen by God. Now live like it and put on these, I'm going to call them seven one another outfits. Here's the first one. Put on compassion. It's sensitivity to the needs of others. Compassion. Isaiah 30, 18. Do you know it? The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. How many of you grew up in legalism environments where you prayed to a God that always was mad at you? I'm so sorry. You probably hate me. Forgive me. Here I am again. I'm such a loser. And you just have this God who just is like so disappointed with you all the time. And you didn't know any better. But when you began to study scripture, you felt and realized, I have a heavenly father who does not want religion from me. He wants relationship. And in doing so, he moved first while I was yet a sinner. So if I couldn't arrive to get his approval, there's nothing I can currently do that will gain his disapproval because there's nothing I could possibly do that could make him love me less. I am forgiven. And I'm called to walk in his will. And he longs to be gracious to Chris. I pray to a heavenly father, heavenly father, oh Chris, I long to be gracious to you. I rise up to be gracious to you. And when you begin to understand that, that you're praying to a God who is a God of grace, all the voices in your head that preach condemnation on you, 
you begin to tell, hey, there's no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. And on top of that, I have a heavenly father who longs to be compassionate with me. In fact, he's heavily compassionate with me. And so I want to be, and this is when it starts happening, you start becoming a thanksgiver. Thank you for that, God. I'm going to give compassion to someone else. I was talking to my daughter about setting goals. She loves to set goals. She's a goal accomplisher. She's better than her dad. And she said with a girl's Bible study, one time what we did is to set the new year, we didn't do the whole year because nobody's going to do that. You, you say that, but, but nobody does that. In fact, in fact, did you know there's some stats about that? Um, 25% of people abandon their New Year's resolutions in one week. 60% abandon within six months. 5% who say they're going to lose weight. 95% gain it back and some extra 14%, they say, only 14% even change their eating and exercise habits after a heart attack. We are prone to not do what we say. We are more prone to not move forward in our spiritual lives as well. So she said, one of the things we did with the girls is we said, okay, let's just do January. And if we accomplish January, then we'll try goals for February. But if we don't do January, there's no point in doing February until we accomplish the January goals. So instead of the whole year, let's do January. What if you said, for January, I'm going to stop buying. I'm going to save some money. And the first person God puts on my heart to show compassion to, I'm going to shock and bless. See, that's taking a habit and flipping it to compassion. What else should we put on? Kindness, child of God. Put on kindness, pleasant and thoughtful interpersonal dealings. Scripture tells us be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another as God and Jesus forgave you. Who's your model? Jesus. He forgave you. And so put on kindness. Young person, everybody's cursing, you might say. Everybody's got a foul mouth. What if you didn't? What if for the month of January, you said, I'm not going to text one curse word? What if for the month of January, you said, I'm not going to allow it out of my mouth? Why? Because I don't want anything foul coming out of here that would poorly reflect my Savior. I want to put on good words. And I'm going to speak with kindness instead of vulgarity with others. I promise you, somebody's going to notice Put on humility, divine perspective of self. Did you know 1 Peter 3, 4 specifically tells ladies, clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. See, it's almost like Peter knows that the ladies especially are going to be bombarded with what they should look like. They're going to walk by magazines. They're going to see things on the media. They're going to scroll through what they're supposed to look like. And if they don't look like that, they, they feel all this anxiety and pressure. I need to get my physical appearance more acceptable to who? Because God says, ooh, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, that is so interesting, the words. So precious to God. Guys, oftentimes we think humility is the equivalent of soft. If I'm humble, I'm soft. And I ain't going to be soft. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Because there was no one tougher that have ever walked the face of the earth than Jesus Christ. 
any of us been tortured and murdered and spit on, bullied and kicked to the point of death for something he didn't even do? Yet he humbled himself and took the form of humanity, not regarding quality of God was something to be grasped. Take on humility. What if you stopped concentrating so much on your outside appearance, which it is important, and oftentimes when we get ourselves physically going, it helps us spiritually too. Discipline is always good. But what if you said this year, inward beauty in January. My podcasts are gonna be something spiritual. My music, I'm gonna put something spiritual. I'm gonna allow input into me that will clothe me with humility instead of the outside world. Put on meekness. Put on meekness, a measured response towards all people. Titus 3.2 is speaking towards specifically leaders. If you want to grow in a spiritual way that God could entrust you even with leadership, in Titus 3.2 he says, speak evil of no one. How many people? I looked it up in the Greek. You know what it means? No one. Not some. Not those who deserve it. Leaders, speak evil of no one. It's been a challenge in my life. Speak evil, Chris, of no one. Yeah, but there's things that drive me nuts, Lord. Okay, talk to me about it. You can bring it to me. But don't bring it to others. Speak evil of no one. Avoid quarreling. Be gentle and show perfect courtesy towards all people. Child of God, young people, adults, seniors, how are you talking? You might be funny with your troll, but is that what a child of God should be doing? You might think it's hilarious, but is that what a child of God should be wearing? What if this year you said, my responses are gonna be different? Put on patience. Malice, anger, it doesn't look good, good, but look how good patience looks on him. Go ahead, admonish the unruly. We aren't called to just let things go, but encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Patience, the idea of bearing with one another. It's one of our one another's. Bring up the big board. Open up 27. Let's read it. Bear with one another. Open the box. Bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another... Go tell someone else to see if they can come on your side and then maybe tell three or four other people what a jerk they are and how they're wrecking everything and maybe try to get them to petition. And if not, then maybe, maybe call someone else who might go talk to them. Do everything you can except forgive them. Isn't that often what we do? We go out of our way to talk to everyone but the person that offended you. It's like you could have really cut this off a while ago, but we don't do it. Why? Because we're not clothed with the proper clothing. There's times where we're going to hurt one another, and we're called to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. We're going to have to bear with one another. We're going to even have to sometimes ask for forgiveness from others when we struggle. That's why we are to clothe ourselves with forgiveness as the Lord's forgiven you. You know, sometimes there's a time to go, hey man, hey man, yeah. Hey, today on the work, yeah, when you were on the roof, I was busting you pretty good. 
My bad. I could tell that kind of bothered you. Oh, it didn't bother me. I can handle it. Ah, you, were, you were pretty upset. Yeah, you're all right. Hey, we're cool. We'll see you, man. Hey, hey, man. Hey, yo, yo. Hey, good game today. Yeah, I got, we got going at it. I could tell. Yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool. All right, we'll just let you know. Hey, thanks for competing. Yeah, we're good. We don't do that stuff because we get so prideful. But that's the kind of stuff that knocks down all these walls to make the church a little bit different. Hey, I could see that you didn't say anything, and um, I just want to talk to you. I know that that happened, and I just want to apologize if that, we don't do that. Can you believe them? Can you believe that? And, and, we, and, we, and, and it's, we're getting tricked by the enemy. And that's why Paul says, I want you to wear all this. But I'll tell you what, above all this, above all this, I want you to put on something else. So to take the box and put it up at the top. Above all of this and above all these things put on, what do you think it is? All these things put on love, which binds everything, our word for the month, together in perfect harmony. You see, when all these things are working together, oh man, now that is a fit that is humble, that's a fit that looks like this. Humble and caring and patient and forgiving. I mean, that, that's different. That stands out. But you gotta watch out, church. Paul knows this isn't that easy. Paul knows that our natural tendencies aren't necessarily to do these things. So he tells the church in Rome, put on, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. What, what? You are gonna be so tempted to go back to walking in the things you once did. These aren't my shoes. They're my son's. He loves them. He's had them for multiple years, I think. And he keeps wearing them anywhere. He just loves to wear them. And the other day, he got out of his car, he came walking in the house, and I said, but what are you wearing them shoes for? And he was like, what? And I'm like, and, and you wouldn't understand my question unless you knew what I got him for Christmas. I got him a new pair because we saw how old these were. And you know what? He wore them anyway. In fact, I had to get permission to bring them on stage. And I said, you keep wearing them. Why don't you wear these? And what do you think some of the responses were? They're comfortable. Easy. Put on Jesus Christ. Put on humility. <laughs> Why would you wear these when you had these? Well, because... Sometimes these are hard to kind of break in. And, and spiritual disciplines are a little bit hard to break in. Well, if I wear these, then I can't walk wherever I want. But maybe you shouldn't be walking wherever you want anymore. You ever notice when we got an old pair on, we don't care where we go. But we go, I'm not taking these there anymore. I'm not walking that path. I'm taking the sidewalk. So you start walking different places. See, when these are your shoes and all of a sudden you come in like this, people go, what? 
Somebody got some new shoes. People notice when we make changes, don't we? And so when Paul says, I want you to put on the new, you go, why? So other people say, you got some new shoes? I'm not into materialism. You say, why should I put on some new shoes? They don't fit as good. This is easier. This is more comfortable to get into. All this, I want this, all this. Here's, here's why, here's why. The same reason, I was kind of like, Yo, why didn't you wear them shoes? Because your dad got you these shoes and it pleases him when you wear stuff he gave you. Thanksgivers, it pleases God when you wear stuff he gave you. That's my girl. That's my boy. He's wearing humility today. I ain't putting on humility just so people think I'm a Christian. No, no, no. You're putting on humility. You want to know why? Because dad loves when I wear that. My dad loves when I wear compassion. My dad loves when I forgive people. My dad loves when I'm meek, when I could have said something, but I didn't. My dad loves it. And I want to please him. And so put these away. Paul says, do better. Throw them out. Why? Because he knows. I got my new shoes on. I had a really hard day in my new shoes. What are you doing? I'm just seeing if they're still there. Don't put them on. Well, I'm just checking. I'm just seeing if they're still there. I mean, I, I mean, I could just maybe wear, I know what I could do. I know I, I could just wear one. <laughs> right? If you're watching on, if you're listening on podcasts, I got both, I got both one old and one new. No, 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 no. Don't make any provision. Get them out. In fact, do what most never do. What? Make my joy complete. What? I'm gonna open the last three boxes. Ready? I want you to do this. Box 28. Confess one another. What? What? If you really want freedom and you keep going back to this box, you keep going back to the old shoes, you tell Hey, I keep going back to these shoes. I got two guys. They were so sick of pornography ruining their lives. They said, that's it, no more. It stops now. I need an accountability partner. They confessed their sin to one another. They set up a date. They took fasts from it. They held one another accountable and they're both walking in victory. And was it easy? No. Were the new shoes a little bit difficult? Yes. But they're holding themselves accountable. Why? Because they had the courage to confess to one another. You mean the body of Christ can get me out of some of my dirt? Absolutely. But you got to confess it. I would encourage you to trust the people you're sharing it with because some are still slipping back into slander. 29. When you confess it, what can the church do? They can begin to pray. You can have somebody pray for you. Scripture says pray for one another. That you might be healed. The prayer of a, power for, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Hey man, I'm praying for you that you don't go back to that. But I was thinking, no, no, don't. I'm praying for you. It has power to keep us walking in the path God has for us. And then my, one of my favorite one another's, and I left it for last, open box 30. 
Carry one another. Carry one another. Scripture says this. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the whole law of Christ. Hey, man, what? Can you throw those out for me? I got you. I can't do it. I keep going back. I got you. I'll do it. I'll throw them out for you. We'll get rid of this. I'll be praying for you. Let's get them completely out of your sight. I know two young ladies. The one girl said, I gossip too much. I'm constantly talking. And at night, I'm like angry at myself all the time. She said this. We both work together. Would you do this? When you hear me talking and it sounds like gossip, could you tap on the table three times and just look at me and smile and I'll stop. So they were at work and she was talking and she started talking about somebody and the girl went, she went, really? She went, she stopped. They're both walking in freedom. Look at the board. Is there anywhere the Holy Spirit went? Right there. Right there. We've been given a job description, church, and they're not suggestions. And when we live this out, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have a perfect church. In fact, it'll be messy. But the point is, we're together. And what's more important is that we're together pursuing a Savior. And He loves when we wear the clothes he gave us. In fact, just like the Apostle Paul, make my joy complete, church, by living out the one another's. What has to go in 23 so you can move forward in 24? Teach us to number our days that we might be given back to God a heart of wisdom. Put on patience. Put on compassion. Put on whatever the Holy Spirit was talking to you, church. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He offers you a fresh start, not with people, but with him. There'll be consequences to behavior. Make no mistake. When you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you still live in a sin-cursed earth where there is struggle. But let me tell you something. He offers you real goals that change the inner man. And your soul is the part that lives for all eternity. Make sure you know where it's going to go. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving the world so much that you sent your only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You sent him. Because the law said, without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness. But it's not any man's blood, for many men died on a Roman cross. It was a perfect, sinless Jesus who died on that cross for us. He gave everything. He paid the ultimate price. Therefore, I must be and we must be of great value. For he paid so much. And in turn, he asks his children to seek him first, Jesus, Jay. Love others, oh, and then put ourselves last.
you. Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said that would make his joy complete. So I ask that you would minister into our lives and remind us of where we are not appropriately behaving with the body of Christ. Scripture's so clear, be good to all men, but especially the body of Christ. Lord, we showed the church over 40-some verses in Scripture today. And the last time we just spent, we have bathed ourselves in the truth. And so, Lord, I pray it would renew our minds and show us the spot or the box that truly needs checked. We'll give you all the praise and glory for this, knowing that apart from you, we can't do anything. And so Jesus, lead us to what you have for us. We pray these things, giving thanks for this one another series, praying it was an encouragement to those who needed to find more unity in their life and better direction in how to grow spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen.